Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. This is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Weekly show for you with me, Dan Moylan, and Michael Normanton and Rob Conlon. Check out TSB Plus, our members package, if you get a minute or two where you get loads of bonus shows, dedicated ad-free podcast feed, including Propaganda Extra, which contained this week, Michael, an important question about... Music? Yeah, there was music. Saturday night was in there. We got into human rights as well as Wigfield. <laughs> Wigfield and Saudi Arabia. Not related. But, no. And there were some fun clips as well on there. So it's the bonus bits of propaganda that don't make it onto the uh, onto the main show because we just do not have room or time or enough attention from you. Um, the extra ball is over there as well. And we are, we've started off the, the Butter World Cup, a head-to-head of Leeds United players past and present going head-to-head around random categories we haven't decided yet in a World Cup-style format. Representing nations that sort of are in the World Cup. Makes sense almost when you listen to it. Yeah, it's good, honestly. A lot of people like Given it. Given that you put this together, the uncertainty in your voice is filling me with confidence, Michael. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of... Um, it's hard to explain, isn't it? it, and it yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll fill the World Cup gap really well. Yeah, I think there was about a 20-minute explanation of how it was going to work. <laughs> it was it was as complicated as like a Champions League draw when they've got all the different pots with Kinder Eggs in and stuff. Yeah, so. I, was, uh, I was in the office while you were recording that and I, it was painful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. It was, you mean it was good? You yeah, mean it was fun? It, it, painful in a good way. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, as pain is normally good. Uh, Phil Hayes on that as well, just to drop in some celeb mm. you know, hype for the show. Anyway, uh, squareball.net forward slash plus for details of, of TSB+. Plus. Into it then, and part one of the show is where we talk about Leeds United news, and we have a new coach, not a replacement. No. He's coming to help. He's a friend. He's, he is definitely a friend. He's, he like, what's the guy that turned up that was loitering in the background when uh, Brian McDermott was here? Oh, Gianluca Festa. Festa, that was it, oh, yeah. I thought you were about the furniture salesman. No, he's still there, isn't he? Yeah, um, Andrea. Yeah, he's data, isn't he now? Mm. Andrea, yeah. Yeah, but Gianluca Festa, he was like, oh, this guy's just going to sit with you, if that's all right. <laughs> he was like... We're bringing someone in just to consult yeah. with you. Uh, and I know I did try and sack you as well, but don't worry. But um, yeah, this is Paco Gallardo who uh, has come in as a coach that's going to be overseeing various bits of first team 21s youth team development, but very much there to help Jesse. Yes, of course. Not, not to hinder him. That's not necessarily the most exciting part of this. The most exciting part of this can be found in his Wikipedia, can't it? Where you get a bit of background on him as you do with everybody in Wikipedia. And then it just goes off into... In November of 2001, he was fined and suspended by the Spanish Football Federation for violating standards of sporting dignity and decorum. The, oh, okay, this might be under, you know, like, disciplinary issues or whatever. Then it goes on. After he congratulated teammate, congratulated teammate Jose Antonio Reyes, who had just scored by bending down and biting on his penis. Fair enough. We've all done it. Okay. <laughs> You're just talking about painfully in a good way, weren't we? Yeah. Some people, maybe, maybe he requested that. Who knows? Yeah. It's a strange, there is a clip of this on, on YouTube. It's um, it's an unusual viewing. Yeah. I mean, who are we to judge? It's, it's very popular as well, having the old uh, penis biting at the minute, because I'm a celebrity. He's just about to start on ITV. That's true. Where they all go off into the jungle and have kangaroo penis. He's just gone for a bit of human penis. I feel like if we'd have kept Alioski for long enough, yeah, he would probably have done this. Mm. They, they might have hushed it up, to be fair. He did his like weird right. rubbing face in stomachs thing, didn't he? He did that weird bit of defending where he tried to shove his head up someone's ass as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have to refer you, by the way, to, to the Irish Times covery of this, who the, the, just the turn of phrase is perfect. Uh, Sevilla's Francisco um, Francisco Gallardo has been charged by the Spanish F- Soccer Federation for biting teammate Jose Antonio Reyes' penis after he had scored in the da-da-da-da-da. Reyes was besieged by ecstatic teammates after scoring and Gallardo was seen to bend down and nibble at the goal scorer's genitalia in an unusual form of goal celebration. I felt a bit of a pinch, but I didn't realise what Galado had done until I saw the video, said Reyes. The worst thing about it is the teasing I'm going to get from my teammates. Well, there you go. It was a bit of a nibble. Yeah, it's not a bite. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. I was almost expecting, you know, like the old school celebration when a teammate had bend down and get the foot on the on their sort of thigh and like polish yeah. the uh, polish the boot. I was almost expecting something like that. But he, Reyes is lying on the ground in a pylon and... Uh, yeah, Gallardo just wanders over. I mean, in your, is, is it a bit of foreskin? Has he gone full glands? What's he gone for? I think, I think it looks like a... I mean, it's it's very grainy footage, but I'd, <laughs> I'd suggest he's gone for a shaft nibble. Mm. Right, so lower down. I'd, I'd say so. It's <laughs> towards, hard to know. towards the... Uh, anyway, he's going to be working towards with the... Root the, uh, of the towards the root of the tree. He's going to be working with the youth team, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> just keep Willie Nonto away from him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, presumably, they get CRB checked and all that. So I'm sure it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, so what he, do you think of... It's a long time ago as well. Yeah, I he's, mean... He's grown up since. I mean, he had, he had long, swarthy hair before, and now he looks a lot more refined. Yeah, I mean, his, his hair was disgusting when it, <laughs> when it was long, it's fair to say. It's the greasiest looking. It's a bit Nicolas Cage in yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Con Air yeah. sort of a vibe to it. It looks like it'd, it'd leave a mark on anything it touched. <laughs> yeah. But these days he looks more refined, doesn't he? It's just, he does. a sensible man's haircut because he's about, what is he, 42? Yeah, that's a, that's a fine haircut for a man in his... Oh, yeah, he looks, he looks very sensible now and um, I'm sure I'm sure he's, he's reformed his other ways as well. Do you, so, do, we don't want to judge him. So, that, so that's fine too. Maybe there's a bit of Max Mosley going on with this. It was, uh, it was interviewed, wasn't he? And he? When he, you know, the whole sex dungeon mm. thing and he just went, yeah, I like that sort of thing. What so are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Write that. Fine. Because <laughs> I do like it. Yeah. So maybe, um, I don't, we don't want to... Judge him. That's fair enough, yeah. But I mean, do we need another coach? Maybe. They did speak after the Fulham game, didn't they, of, of bolstering the coaching staff and getting a psychologist in and all that sort of stuff. And so. there, were, there were murmurings of them um, being concerned about like fitness in the squad and then we went and run the furthest anyone's running a game mm. against Liverpool uh, the whole season. It's probably making up for the deficit of when Bielsa left and took all his coaches with him as well. Mm. We never really knew how many people they were at Thorpatch and how long they were working and what everyone was doing. And then when Jesse Marsh rocked up and it was like him and Cameron Toshak and they had to get Mark Jackson in even though he was meant Le- to be Laying coaching. out the cones himself like Redders. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was quite that bad. But uh, yeah, and then over the summer there was a lot of, it was all quite late, wasn't it, when the appointments were made mm. and uh, Rene Maric came in and it was Ewan Sharp who was at Scum. So yeah, it probably does need fleshing out a little bit. I mean, Scabala's only fairly recently come in as mm. well, hasn't he? He's, he's quite new. Do we need him out? Used, to the, t- used to the term fleshing out in the... In I was wondering that as I said that, yeah. Yeah, in the context of all the penis discussion, just a bit weird. But... <laughs> little meaty lollipop. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scabala, is it time to get Scabala out? Drive him out of town, force him out after the 21s exited the Papa John's in shameful fashion? Well, can he do penalty coaching? <laughs> because, my God. It was a very strange game. I mean, you watched it as well, didn't you, Rob? But like, yeah. It was a strong, strong team for a start, wasn't it? That's what yeah, it really was. Young lads in there, like um, Click. He was in there, which was good. Gail Hart was in there. Perkins, obviously, they're not they're not old fellas, but they're now considered first team squad, aren't they? Yeah. So it was a really strong team. We, we were obviously going out to win. Crew were already out of the competition. Junior Furpo. I was just I was... thinking none of us mentioned Furpo. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> Junior, we should say, by the way, Junior Furpo has. I mean, spoiler alert: been drawn out in the uh, Butter World Cup, hasn't he? He has. Actually, World Butter yeah. Cup. Sorry. To represent Spain and Europe. Maybe we'll find fun. a category um, in which he can prosper. Because <laughs> football ain't for him, as far as I can <laughs> did you see, see the, so uh, far. Did you see the photo doing the rounds on Halloween of him dressed as a clown? I did. Write your own punchline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back to the game. Sorry, still, the, I still had the shoes on uh, <laughs> while he was playing yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, it was, crew just came out and t- like time-wasted from the first minute in a game that they could get nothing from. Like there, there was no possibility of them qualifying. It's the Papa John's. And they were just seemed set on trying to get a nil-nil. I just it just felt odd. Part of me admires their football league solidarity with Tranmere. Perhaps <laughs> like, no, we're going to get this academy team out. We'll play for the board draw here. The penalties though were just cruel. You just thought because by that point it was Leeds could have only gone through winning a penalty shootout if they'd had a score draw because it would have gone to goal scored, wouldn't it? Or mm. So it was confirmed that they couldn't go through, and you just thought, don't make them take penalties. <laughs> and what actually transpired was. The worst and funniest penalty shootout I've ever seen, actually. It was worth watching the 90 minutes because that was pretty boring, pretty terrible. Mm. But then the penalty shootout really made up for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make connections between the shootouts for the England team that resulted in people doing Pizza Hut adverts, like, you know, Waddle and Pierce and all that, mm. and this being Papa John's. I haven't quite made the connection, so just laugh for me. Okay, yeah, it's a good joke about Thank, pizzas. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed, enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, there were quite there were a few fairly funny ones. But when Junior Furpo stepped up and hit the ball somewhat sort of off his ankle or something and it just went about a yard wide of the post, you sort of went <laughs> I did an actual an actual looked a bit similar to splutter Pat, Pat Bamford against Arsenal. It was was it worse? Quite a bit worse. It was a brilliant scuff, wasn't it? It got to the point where even the LU T V commentary team were laughing. So I think was it like mm. six in a row, seven in a row that were missed? Yeah, something like that. After Mateus Click stepped up first, typically sent the keeper the wrong way. And at that point I just I really felt for Clicker by the end of it because uh, you thought, oh, he's better than this. He doesn't deserve this. He's done his bit. <laughs> Although having said that, once the penalty shootout was over and Leeds had lost, the camera panned back to the halfway line and Click was just laughing with the opposition team, <laughs> which is typical Click, really. I was slightly concerned by the kit, which seems to be another twist on the Pajamas mm. third kit designed by Radrazani's son. 
which was, it was like a Wolves Awake, it wasn't it? It was the black and grey, and then we had orange shorts on, and then black or grey, whatever, socks. So where did the orange shorts come from? Because crew were red, white, red. Just put them in the usual dark shorts, no? I've not even thought about crew's no. kit. No. Nah, who knows? Wait, obviously you wouldn't put the orange socks on with the third kit because they'd clash with the red socks of crew. Mm. Just going all black, like we did at Brighton. Just PJT in it, it's all made up. Mm. Yeah, matter. I was just looking at the, because um, there were six penalties missed in a row at one point in there, which is remarkable because I've just put, chances of missing a penalty, I've just I've just gone into um, a betting calculator. The, if you say it's a four to one chance of missing a penalty, the chances of six being missed in a row um, would have, a pound on that would have returned you £15,625. <laughs> really? Because so yeah, like the, the XG on a penalty in normal play is about two-thirds, isn't it? I.e. about two-thirds of penalties get scored. Right. So, but yeah, remar- don't know how that translates. R- remarkable to see that many missed. Some brilliantly terrible ones as well, weren't they? Mm. Like over the bar, wide, straight at the keeper. It's, but, it's almost like they didn't really care. I wonder if they knew it could happen. <laughs> it didn't look like the practice I prepared for that. No, it didn't. And, and uh, the one that, just to add to the farce of it as well, the one that, the decisive one or they decided anything they just decided who won a penalty shootout in a nil-nil Papa John's game but the linesman was watching so intently the line to check the keeper wasn't off his line and then and he, he was he was miles out then on, yeah. it was JB's one and then he was miles off it and he just was like yep good did, was it because JB did like a did little stutter in his run up didn't he I think mm. like, and did a false start almost so maybe that confused the liner yeah maybe there was um, it was Harry Christie after that had been saved Leeds, very little goalkeeper, was sort of pointing yeah. at the linesman going, come on, mate. <laughs> and, just, and even he d- couldn't really be bothered. He's fine. Oh, no, really no, it, it doesn't it, matter. What, retake it, what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to have to carry on even yes, longer. we've got an extra point in a, to finish third in a competition just, that we can't yeah, progress in. Just throw it, throw it in the bin. But yeah, it was a straight... It, it, no one played brilliantly, did they, actually? The people who normally do well in these, like Perkins and Gelhart and Joseph, were all so, so, so... I, quite, I still quite like a lot of the things JB does in midfield. Mm, he takes a lot of touches, tries a lot of flashy things, doesn't he? Which yeah. that, I think that was the problem last night. They were all kind of trying for the spectacular, mm-hmm. but just not a lot happened in the 90 minutes. I was making notes for the game in case I have to write about it for the blog. And the first half, I don't think I made a note because no. nothing happened. It was um, Cody Drama's got a skinhead. Oh, yeah, that, hasn't was, that was new. He's gone gone early there. Has he, got, he wasn't balding, was he? I think no, that's I think just so. maybe a bold was, look. <laughs> that's, your, that's your default assumption like because well, he's because he's, he's, he's bicked it he's, well, he's, he's going bald it's, it's an unusual look for a young man unless that's the that's the case maybe he's not um, maybe he's, he just wants to look hard I don't he's know. maybe not yet got a contract that allows him to go for the hair plugs right. so he's just going just gone bald to begin with I think he's, he's gone earlier than me he's only 20 he's, he's got a drama so I mean, he might not be he might have just cut it dead short <laughs> well maybe <laughs> anyway uh, the women are through in the plate now I've in the midst of time, forgotten the order of the things here. The um, you go the out of one, you go out of one competition and you end up in the plate. Right. I think there's the League Cup, and if you go out of the in League the, Cup, in the same sense that you exit the Champions League, you go in the plate, not into so, the plate. You go, you don't go into the plate, the European plate. You go no. to the Europa plate. <laughs> yeah, the Europa plate. That's it. Europa plate conference. That's yeah. the one. All um, oh, right. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you get relegated into that, but um, beat Solly Hull Moors, but um, one anyway, three one win. So and, that's good. An hour. Olivia Smart um, scored another goal. Yep. Our potty mouth. Great goal. Yeah, yeah, smashed it into the top corner. Brilliant. So that's good. Anything else happened in the world of Leeds or is it just those three things? Penis biting coach, 21s and the women have won and got through in the plate. I saw some there's the usual bits of transfer nonsense kicking around but when we're probably not signing uh, the guy from Juventus what's he called? Weston McKinney. Yeah. That was, no, one, right. that was one story. <laughs> Charles de Kettle is getting some uh, some pelters. People saying he's looking lost in yeah. Milan. Good. Yeah, fine. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we might in some ways, he'll have become even more appealing to Victor Alter now. Yeah. Now he's had a bad. Mm, now he's yeah. had a bad time somewhere. It'd be like Aha. I can fix him. It's, it's the Firpo trajectory, isn't it? He'll be playing in the Papa John's Trophy before you know it. Oh, Junior Firpo. And Rafinha's not having a nice time in Barcelona. That's a shame. Oh well. Should we have him back on loan? Yeah. Well, there will be. Can we? We'll probably have the bailiffs around for him soon because they won't be able to pay. They, they're paying in installments, aren't they, on him? So they're fully clannered it. Yeah. Get more, more levers. Pull more levers. <laughs> There you some go. stuff. Quiz time, Michael. Oh, yeah. What percentage of people in the UK don't have an up-to-date will? Um, Wrong. <laughs> um, do you even include kids? <laughs> 60% is the answer. Do you know why I'm asking this? Le- yes, it's Levi Solicitors. Okay, right. Yes. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Uh, what is a will? It's where, you, where your stuff goes, isn't it, when you die? Yes, indeed. It's a legal document. Sets out what you'd like to happen to your property and belongings when you die. Without one, what happens? 
Don't know, actually. <laughs> Have you got one? Nope. Oh dear. You get one. I know I really should get How one. We're sponsored by Levi's and you haven't got they, a will. They have in fairness offered to do one for me. Right, get that done, please, because your assets will not necessarily go to the people that you would want to inherit them. They won't go to you, will they? You can't have them when you're dead. Okay. Sadly. No. Um, but they are seriously more important than you realise for homeowners, parents, if you're in a relationship, not married, civil partnership, vital, vital. Why can making a will help, Michael? What will it help stop? Um, you getting your grubby mitts on my stuff. Exactly, and stop families falling out. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> do you even speak to yours? Yeah, of course I do. And they're nice people. Yeah, What happened with you so. then? <laughs> every every family's got one, haven't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, Will will give you peace of mind as well that your loved ones and your family are going to be look at, looked after when you're gone. And yeah, as Michael says, it makes sure, in different words, that your property goes to the right people. Otherwise, you don't want it going to your estranged wife, do you, Michael? I don't have one yet. Yet, but <laughs> The operative word. <laughs> or you might end up not leaving anything to your partner at all. An option. <laughs> it's dead easy to put it off as well. So get it done. Get in touch with Levi's. It's not complicated. The team will advise you what best suits your circumstances. They've got offices in Leeds City Centre, more town in North Leeds and in Wakefield as well. And if you are a bit further afield, they can do appointments online as well. 10% off as well. That's the most important thing. 10% off your legal fees, including wills at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Go get it done. Last summer, the good folks at Boxed kept 100 Leeds fans fed and watered for four days to give us the energy to complete our 92-mile charity walk. These days, of course, the focus is on conserving energy and minimising waste. And Boxed have been sharing their tips to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down. And upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat could save you up to £1,150 a year. Plus, upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one couldn't be easier with Boxed. You can get next-day installation and 0% finances available, subject to the relevant checks, of course. You'll get a fixed fair price in just 90 seconds with Boxed. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional 50 quid on your online quote by using the code TSB50. And you don't have to walk 92 miles to do it. Just grab your phone, head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use the code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. Let's preview Bournemouth, three o'clock on a Saturday. That's exciting, isn't it? It's been Un- a while. Unusual kickoff time. I have to say, I, I haven't been enjoying the two o'clock Sunday kickoffs. That was, was that the time we kicked off against Chelsea, though? So that was good. Oh, God, I can't remember. I'll have to check. It- but even still, not I've not been liking that. I think it's been flattening the atmosphere. Saturday night seemed good. The away end seemed to be... Uh... Well lubricated, I thought, at the uh, Anfield. The, 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 the key words there being Saturday night. Yeah. And that's the thing, you can have a bit of fun across the day, can't you? And this one, people get in the pubs before and after. That Well, you know, the difference between what a Saturday feels like and a Sunday feels like. Yeah. Uh, I just I haven't, I haven't been enjoying it, traipsing at two o'clock. It's just, just a bit too early. <laughs> Sundays are all wrong, aren't they? Yeah. You, you, you don't really know what to do afterwards. It's like, oh, can I get drunk? I'll work tomorrow. Yeah, it's all just a bit awkward. Anyway, Bournemouth have lost three on the bounce and have suddenly gone from the team that were being held up as having made a good start to being dragged right back into it because we we go above them don't we if we um, if we beat them we do and definitely survive i think that's the <laughs> that's the gist of what i've been it's picking the, up in the last few days well you know you know like we've we've looked before at the uh, the 538.com algorithm for who's staying up and whatever mm. just by beating liverpool i think our chances of staying up increased by 10% we're still like a, a one in four shot of going down but just that that one win bumps us right up i know it's in the odds Bournemouth are still second favorites to go down so yeah. despite being where are they in the league, like mid-table, aren't they at the moment? They're above us, 14th, I think they are, and have, have had a, on paper a decent start. The bookies still think they'll, they will drop. And the underlying oh, stats, have, have you put these on? Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because there's been lots of talk of... Can I just say, which before you get, underlying to, leads get to them, what we're doing is we're doing that thing of listing all the reasons why Leeds should win, yeah. getting to the end and going, let's just hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. But yeah, on the, uh, and the, the talk of Jesse was, well, we should be better based on our XG and stuff. Bournemouth's underlying stats Absolutely awful. They should have apparently conscious XG. They should have only scored nine goals this season, right? Nine point three one. Whereas we should have scored an amazing seventeen point two. That's interesting. So, but yet they're, they're miles adrift on goals scored, according to that. But I suppose when you've got hot shot strikers like Kiefer Moore, well, they've they've scored twelve in real life. We've scored fifteen, by the way. Not fair, is it? No, but they have conceded twenty eight. Admittedly, nine of those were at <laughs> Liverpool. I mean, winning at Anfield is not for everyone. <laughs> no, it's very true. It's very true. It was weird how they started the season. They did actually win their first game against Aston Villa and then they got spanked by City, Arsenal and then Liverpool in the 9-0. And it, it was coming into the season where Scott Parker was basically saying, 
ah, we're rubbish. Yeah. We haven't got a chance. And then after the 9-0, they went, well, we should probably give it, let someone else have a go then if you think that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when they had the upturning form under Gary O'Neill, which is kind of halted now. But yeah, I was just reading an athletic piece before this and that was saying how they're massively overperforming their XG. But also it's quite confusing because they were saying that under O'Neill, they're not as kind of accepting of defeat and mm-hmm. they're actually trying to press and stuff. But then it was also saying they are happy to sit back and dig in because I was hoping that if they're actually going to come out and press then that will help us in the mm. same way it has against Liverpool and Chelsea well, the tactical analysis there, uh, there Michael do you spot that <laughs> I've read one athletic article there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be nice to see us put a performance in, and that's the, the elephant in the room with regards to Liverpool is that I think everyone thought oh this is absolutely unreal but what counts now is what it follows and to be fair Jesse said it in the post-match I mean, it will it will count for nothing if we if we go and screw this one up as well. I mean, it'll count for something because we'll have still got three points from Liverpool. But yeah, I know what you mean. It feels it feels like we're almost back to square one again if we can't beat. Yeah, Bournemouth, two steps forward, it? three steps back, and all that. Yeah, but it, I mean, if we do win this, God, we're we're going to be dead comfortable. Oh, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to we're potentially going to be up there with teams who are doing all right, like Brentford. You know, let's people have a look. So yeah, put us up, so we're on twelve like, points. That puts us on fifteen. That's mid. It is mid. Genuinely mid table, isn't it? Assuming nobody else gets any points. I think I think the Conference League isn't out of reach if we beat Bournemouth. <laughs> the Europa Plate, we're going to get there. The Europa Plate, we're going to get in. <laughs> yeah. I it, don't like it when you're optimistic. It freaks me out a little yeah, bit. It was like, oh, um, no, I think we'll lose this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was listening to the podcast when you were previewing the Fulham game and you were listing all these reasons why we should win. And, I, and it really made me think, no, we're going to lose this. Well, it doesn't just because just there are reasons doesn't mean, doesn't <laughs> mean is, we will. The thing is, though, on the show in Anfield that we out ran Liverpool and we outran everybody from any game this season we should be beating I don't want to say teams like this we should be winning games like this well Scott their own manager said there was shit <laughs> at one point so they've got to be haven't they yeah yeah not, not convinced Leeds are just they're very enigmatic aren't they I just I can't quite put my finger on what we're doing this season and I think that's what's confusing everybody to be fair mm. is the good performances against the so-called better teams and then not looking as good in the the teams that do set up like to defend deep and all that. And I dare say Bournemouth will have looked at the blueprint and will try and employ the same thing against us. So how how do we deal with that? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, in their style of play, according to whoscored.com, long balls and with width. So that does suggest they can just twat it over the fullbacks and score that way because that's how teams seems to do against us. But it does also say that one of their weaknesses is protecting the lead. So I suggest we just give them a goal. Mm. And then we'd come back and win. <laughs> I mean, on the plus side, if we do give him a goal, having won at Anfield, Ella Road will probably try and rise to the occasion rather than just go fucking useless, <laughs> which I think is what, what would be in danger of happening. Do you know what, what um, Marsh said about the Fulham game? I thought was quite astute when he said he spoke to the players and said they looked like they were just waiting to lose. I think the same could be said of the crowd, you know, at that point. Everybody went into that expecting us just to fuck it up. And when it happened, everyone went, well, yeah, told you. It was funny actually, I didn't use the clip because it was kind of serious and sensible propaganda, but it was Red Men TV were talking, uh, doing little interviews outside the ground and the bloke was basically saying that the crowd need us and we need the team and at the moment it feels like the two are disconnected and neither neither are kind of bothered enough to get the other going, if you know what I mean. And Whereas I, if you contrast it with Chelsea, apply the same to us and then contrast it with Chelsea when that ground was absolutely bouncing. Yeah, and yeah. even even games when we've, you know, last season when we came back from some difficult positions like the Norwich game and stuff there was it felt like there was expectation there whereas when we, when we touched on it when Somerville scored and there was still I don't know like a tiny amount of time but there was still like two minutes to go but no one went come on two minutes one more attack everyone went fucking stupid scoring now no no don't mean anything that <laughs> wasted it <laughs> to the point where Moscow didn't even include the goal in his in his match report, referred to it as a 3-1 defeat, didn't he? Well, so. it was, the headline was 3-1, but he referred to it underneath. But even yeah. still, you just kind of forgot. I did as well. I looked at it, I thought, yeah, yeah, 3-1. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we scored at the end. Yeah, who starts up front then for you in this one? It's probably Rodrigo again, isn't it? I suppose so. I mean, you said it on Propaganda how we were annoyed that he got that open goal against <laughs> Liverpool. And it was even telling, because I thought, I really wanted him taken off at half-time, but he thought, oh, he scored, so he's going to leave him on. But mm-hmm. it, it was very telling that Marsh only left him on for five minutes. It was like, look, I know you've scored. Well, at least let you come out, but we need to change. Mm. I mean, but then you see Bamford and you think, oh, should we just start Gellhart or nonsense? <laughs> if we're going to bring play Bamford at any point in this game, we might as well say to him, do not go to the right of the penalty spot. Only just stick on that side because if anyone passes to you, 
on that side, you you can't do anything. <laughs> so you might yeah. as well you might as well just not stand there in the first place because it, it just confuses people. And presuming Sinistera comes back in, who does he get back in favour of? Do you take Somerville out, having scored the winner on his near birthday? Jackie's not been good for a oh, wait, few was, weeks. Well, that was my next question. Would you take Jackie out? I don't think Jackie has been particularly bad, but I don't think there's harm in saying it's competition. And also, mm. I think um, there's an argument that both Harrison and Sinistera are better on the left side. So, yeah. well, there you go. Shoot out between them two. If Sinister is fit, fit enough to play anyway, then maybe bring him in for Harrison. If not, I'd, I don't mind if Harrison and Somerville start again. But yeah, yeah I'd keep Somerville in there, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. I think he's, given the week he's had, he surely is going to be confident enough to, to want to do it again. You know, yeah, yeah, well, you look at the example of the Leicester game as well, when Marsh didn't carry through the momentum from before that to this game. And surely you try and ride the, the crest of the Liverpool wave now, especially as we've got the World Cup break coming up. I mean, it might depend on how uh, how heavy Somerville celebrated that birthday when he was back <laughs> home in Holland because he might not be ready for I it. I said riding the crest of a wave, we lost to Arsenal, but you know the good performance. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean from it. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would leave Somerville in. And I mean, we don't know if Sinister is going to be fit either, do we? I know, I know last week they were saying it wasn't that bad, essentially, but um, you never know. The old foreshore trajectory um, <laughs> always concerns us, doesn't it? <laughs> Who? Yeah, I know, bless him. There was some talk of his contract this week, actually, wasn't there? That was one bit of news. Oh, was it? Saw, just because he's out of contract at the end of the year and everyone's going, yeah, probably not. <laughs> is, he going, is he going to live on the farm? Probably had enough. <laughs> um, but yeah. He could probably still make you know, a respectable career, like in the championship or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's a decent enough player. Yeah. He's, just, per- he's perfectly good. We just need, need more, don't we? I yeah. Do stage. you bring Junior Furpo back in for this? On penalty duty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no too. Uh, and when you say no. this, do you mean this season? Bless him. He's just just not got it, has he? Troubling. Um, and also, I mean, we've we've not even spoken about Willie because he, he yeah. had a good little cameo as well. But I think I think he's done himself a lot of favours there, though, as an option off the bench. Now he's Jesse's seen it work once. He probably has, will have faith to you know, it, to, it, it, to it looked him on again. Really tidy and really useful. I mean, we, we don't need to repeat too much because it was said, wasn't it, like on the match ball or whatever. But it was. He just it was a lovely little cameo. So maybe that's his little. His little niche for now is that cameo. Yeah, it's like when Joffy first played well, and then everyone was like, "Oh, he did a good thing. Put him on again." Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's got a chance, I think, of, uh, of maybe being first or second off the bench, which I felt it felt like before he was kind of there as a bit of padding, as much as anything. And uh, Lewis Cook, will we see a little bit of Lewis Cook back at Ellen Road? I wonder. Is he fit? I think he I is. I never know he, if he's fit. I think he played against Spurs because he was. I saw some quotes from him afterwards saying that he felt like the midfield and the defence had let the strikers down because the strikers had scored twice and mm. then they just gave away three goals to Spurs and lost. I mean, looking back last Saturday, it was really weird because Saturday afternoon I saw Bournemouth winning 2-0 against Spurs and I thought, Christ, that's the kind of result that might actually get Marsh sacked because if we carry on losing and the mm. other teams that we're relying on losing as well are winning, that could spell danger for him. But good old Bournemouth <laughs> helped Turn, him out. Turns out everyone's awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Um, how do you see this one panning out then? I mean, uh, I dare say we stop short of predictions because we're just into the hopeful territory, aren't we, I think? Mm. I'm hoping for a win. I'm hoping for a performance. But would I be surprised to see it regress? No. Would I be surprised to see a performance? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I genuinely don't know which way it's going to go. Has Kiefer Moore got history with us? I feel like someone that big who's played for like Cardiff and Barnsley and that mm. sort of... The, I feel like he must, have, he must have at some point been a nightmare for us to defend against, but I can't remember specific occasions someone will point out now that he scored a hat-trick for Barnsley or something but mm. I think it was maybe just a bit too late where we'd sort of sorted ourselves out in the championship right. by that point <laughs> but yeah previously. maybe it comes on a vengeance mission for his mate Dan James or something like that oh maybe so that could be it Fl- elbows flying that kind of thing <laughs> upsetting people um, what do you reckon then Rob? I mean I always say we'll win but so yeah we'll win but like you not with a gr- great deal of confidence shall I just repeat the prediction if I if I try and underplay... If you say we've got one in us, that yeah. means we'll lose this one. Does it? Yeah. I won't say it then. Because we're odds on to win this. We should, so. We're surely riding a confidence boost. Everyone's going to be buzzing. It's going to be good, right? Right? I mean, the thing is, in theory, yes. <laughs> mm. But this is Leeds, isn't it? And just I say the word I used was enigmatic. It's hard to know what's going to follow this. But this almost defines the season again, doesn't it? We, we, keep, we keep having these games that come, you go, well, this is the one where it'll kick into action and we'll know that we're going to be all right. Because like you say, if we win this, we look pretty good this we're season. We're going to the World Cup yeah. 
comfortable, don't we? We, yeah, we, 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 can, four we win, can almost write off Spurs, well, we, can't we? Yeah, with four wins on the board, you know that you're almost halfway there. Yeah. And you're not quite halfway through the fixtures. So, you know, on, on balance of probabilities, once you get sort of clear of New Year, we've got some fairly winnable games. But again, it's just the whole thing's been tipped on its head this season, hasn't it? So it's hard to know which way it's going to go. Ah, Leeds win. Leeds win? Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Heroes and villains then for part three of the show. The Ken Bates Villain of the Week Awards nominations. Who have we had in from our TSP Plus members? And who do we want to add into the pile? Should we start with the obvious candidate? I think who's got to be a front runner for this beer. Chris was in, t- uh, in touch about beer. Had to work on Sunday morning after the Liverpool game. Just oh my goodness, I wasn't well, which is one of those beautiful <laughs> euphemisms. Trying to uh, trying to make out you got a stomach bug at yeah. work. Oh, I just but when you at the Liverpool game, uh, yeah, awful. <laughs> we went um, back when I was working at the radio station. Um, we did a team team training thing over in Cumbria. It was like at a country house, and obviously it was like a free bar in the evening or whatever absolutely destroyed until about you know stupid o'clock in the morning three four five in the morning and then we're back over to newcastle and then i had to go on air that afternoon absolute shambles if it's a work thing though that you've got drunk on that's kind of all right i think yeah i think we're encouraging i think work have got to accept that that's i mean that's all you that's part of the deal the only reason you enjoyed itv wasn't it really yeah (laughs) basically yeah just just going on the jollies just you yeah just i'm gonna be useless today by the way because it was a free bar and it's your your fault so what can you what on earth did you expect to happen (laughs) I imagine as well, given that you're a man who appreciates value, you absolutely rinse a free bar. Of course. You've got to, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to. Rob, have you had some good work dues? Yeah, do you know, I was just thinking back to my previous job and the first Christmas do, my editor, and I was sort of, you know, you don't know the vibe when you're the, the new boy there, and then my editor walks in, and he was absolutely levered and sort of arm round the manager <laughs> yeah. and all that, and I thought, you know what, it'll be all right, I can do what I want here if he's <laughs> like that. All the boundaries just completely collapsed. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Um, let's move on to the Liverpool uh, nominees then in this. We've got Klopp, Robertson and sort of the, the fans, the atmosphere, the stadium. Such a special atmosphere. <laughs> kind of weird one for Klopp because he got absolutely loads of nominations but no one had a proper reason for it. It was just like, because he's annoying. <laughs> just sick of him. Although Gillian did have a good one saying that should have, pointing out it should have been banned for this. Although we will hear the counterpoint argument to that when we get over to Hero of the Week Award. Yeah. Um, and, and New York Sean called him <laughs> a, a fucking shiny baby, which... <laughs> Which quite amused me. Uh, uh, Robertson got a couple of nominations as well for... Uh, he had a bit of a scrap, didn't he, down the, the touchline? Yeah. And with he our boot, boy, and he booted, booted Melly in the face as well. In the face? In the face. <laughs> That's where Mark Rocker was unconcerned. Mm. That was brilliant, actually. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's fine. Just take your time. Robertson's not... uh, little kick on Aronson, though. That was a really sly little shit out yeah. of things. There's no need for that. Thankfully, Tyler Adams was there for his mate. But yeah, no need for it. Always first on the scene, isn't he? Tyler, he's very good at that stuff. Yeah, Marvin's uh, here with some twisty words about Anfield and about the fact that there was no atmosphere there and it makes the Emirates sound lively. But, you know, if you want to be fair, you know, when things get difficult at your football club and you're not enjoying it, it does kill the atmosphere a bit, doesn't it? But but, the atmosphere at Fulham was shit. Yeah. I have to say, Ellen Road, it never, that never got going. It's flat. And again, at time, time of the week, as I was saying before, and also style of the game, nerves, mm. and it starts to unravel. And yeah. But I do, I've always got the feeling that the Anfield atmosphere is a, He's very hit and miss. I feel like on a big sort of European night, it can be, it sounds like it can be good, but then it, I think a lot of the time it's pretty dire. It's just because it's, and as well, they, as we'll probably find, the more they expand the stadium, the more tourists. corporate bit, bits they stick in, the more tourist tickets kind of become a thing and you end up actually diluting it down a bit. And yeah. even though there are more people, it can somehow be worse as a result of it. Because you can spread out the people who are all like-minded, can't you? So what way? I'm saying is knock down the West End and don't rebuild it. Yeah, or build it, rebuild it smaller. <laughs> just make make it more wedging. Just put um like an old fashioned like a cinder bank or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just a just a slope that people can stand on. Yeah, are you thinking roof or? Oh God, no, no. Make it make it three quid to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> to stand on a hill. <laughs> Love it. Um, a variety of sort of pundits got um, fingered by various people. Uh, Sky, Graham Soonis, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, match of the day, all picked out for a variety of reasons. 
Mm. Yeah, match of the day, because I obviously watched it this week because we won. <laughs> and this does tend to happen when team from bottom end beats team from the top end. They do talk more about what's gone wrong at team from top end rather than what's gone right at team from bottom end. Liverpool aren't top end. Yeah, well, no. But they're, they're big six, aren't they? And will, will forever be. So, yeah, that was, that was maybe a bit annoying, but at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah, but, uh, Boney M, by the way, did pick out the um, the person responsible for putting Melier and Somerville next to each other for the interview. <laughs> he needed a milk crate to stand on, didn't he? Which was good fun. I mean, Melier could have bobbed down. That's what I'd have done. Got on his a knees. Little, a little crouch. Picked him up. I mean, if, if you've ever seen like a, like a variety show, like if you've been on holiday, taking the kids to like a holiday camp or whatever, mm. you could do that thing where you get a grown man to stand on his knees and put shoes on his knees yes. to make him look really, really small. <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, Melier needs a little friend, doesn't he? Because he... He used to kiss Ali. He called Alioski mon bebe once, didn't mm-hmm. he? And then he, he was kissing Dan James on the head. Maybe maybe Somerville's his new little pet <laughs> that, he, <laughs> that he can have. Because put the little scum bastards uh, it's left him, hasn't he? It so. was the meow at Alioski, wasn't it, as well? That preceded it. <laughs> um, and MOT Paul is picking out Jimmy Floyd, cash in the bank, yes, as he mm. was otherwise known, for his contract uh, shenanigans at Ellen Road. For god-awful punditry on Sky, he gave us no credit. Although he does always seem to go into bat for us, but then he seems to, like, Spend time talking himself out of it as Hasselbeck. I think he's just he? a bad pundit. He's yeah. not very good at just saying what has happened. <laughs> and he's, well, he doesn't, I don't think he can express himself adequately. Maybe because English is his second language, mm. you know, he can't quite translate the thoughts. It makes you wonder what he's like. Cause he's, he's generally sort of failed as a manager as well, hasn't he? Whether it kind of spills over into his dressing room patter. Hasselbank, right. I feel like you often see the pundits next to him just kind of going, Carragher <laughs> <laughs> often looks confused by him. <laughs> that was a confused face, by the way, there. Um, <laughs> Audio listener Tim Howard gets picked out by Wisconsin Todd for um, yeah this was a clip doing the rounds actually he was basically saying in the pre-match that Marsh would being fired would set back American coaching and then after he won he was kind of trying to make the point that Jesse Marsh was a good coach and that he's proved a doubt was wrong and stuff um, and Wisconsin Todd was basically just saying that's not why people wanted him gone they wanted him gone because we weren't very good yeah, rather, thought, than, rather than being an American thing. I thought you know if uh, long time listeners will remember Moscow's book of petty grievances now Moscow's mm. obviously not on this show Rob's on it today um, but we could still resurrect the book of petty grievances and start to file these people away and just keep a note of their names because it was a physical book and we did write people's names mm. down didn't it resurrect it and just start putting people on the shit list you know Tim Howard a scum bastard as well yeah mm. let's not forget that and um, who else yeah so Hasselbank Judas Osunis gets some mentions as well. Cole was um, lucky, didn't he? Yeah, Boney M says, he describes him as a very large wad of sloppy dicks and needs to fuck off like the dinosaur he is with a meteor to the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got some nominations as well. Bay Area Brandon picked out you and Phil Hay for giving us shit, giving me shit rather, for <laughs> saying that we got results. That's you know, like, it's only because that's what you always say. No, I do say, but I... You say it like 12, every 12 I, times no, a season. No, I know, I know. I know I do and I am just like having fun with it but equally this season has proved there is merit to the argument I suppose yeah there is ev- <laughs> it's, it's an evidence based bit of optimism I just I just want us to be good that's all and I think sometimes we're probably better than we fear we are but then at other times we're worse yeah so it's confusing <laughs> there's good and bad things happen sometimes what, what, uh, what we're saying here is keep up the faith Dan as Bay Area Brandon says Dan's great really like him words to that effect I'm paraphrasing a bit now yeah what does Ballbug say Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> ball bags. So why am I why am I a villain for claiming that I knew we were going to win? Well, I'm not telepathic. I'm a ball bag. Because you're a bullshitter. Well, ball <laughs> bag. He's what he's saying. Ball bags has got the right name. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds nominees then: Jesse, Rads, Bamford, Bamford for his uh, oh, Bamford. his inability to use his right foot. But we, we can't pick on him because we, we had a great week and a great win, so we could forgive him his uh, his indiscretions, can't we? Uh, suppose, but. Could really do a scoring at some point. Well, if he scores against Bournemouth, will you be cheering him then? Or will you be going, oh, you should have used your left foot, Bamford? Within the stats, actually, negative. I was using to damn Bournemouth and saying how few goals they should have scored. You can look at individual player stats on that and Bamford should have 4.7 goals this season. Right. Do you know how many he's got? He's got none. None. You can't score 0.7 of a goal, though, can you? That's That's true. Proves the wrong. I'd have taken the four, though. (laughs) And if you're rounding up, which, you know, you could. Anyway, let's, um, let's, let's talk about Jesse. Because he's actually nominated for um, com- Jesse's dodgy celebration is the name, but for confusing the living fuck out of me. Do we love him or hate him? Um, want him sacked or a ten-year contract? Who knows? And also Ben from Melbourne nominated him for wearing his jumper backwards, which I thought was a joke. But then I, we were watching footage of it mm. earlier, and if you in his post-match interview, you can definitely see a little bit of an imprint 
on the front on the front of his jumper. So there's like a label on it's, the inside. Yeah. So right. may, so maybe he's got the label on the inside. Maybe, or maybe it's, it's just he's grown up as a Criss Cross fan. You'll get the reference for that, Rob. Don't know what you're on about. <laughs> one, for, I, I, one, one for Gen Z. Yeah. Um, it, I thought there was potential that he's ironed Cross, it. I'll make you jump. Jump. He might have Daddy Mac, I'll make you. And the no. labels come through. They always used to wear the clothes backwards. Oh, okay. Uh, Kevin and Perry didn't they wear them backwards? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Go so on. yeah, there's a, there's a chance he might not have. He might have dressed himself properly, but the Mac Dad will make you. No. <laughs> you just carry on. I will do. Anyway, Jesse's not getting it because he won. Yeah, and, and do we love him, hate him? Well, we don't have to love him or hate him. We can just be undecided on him so far, can't we? And it's like like we were saying before, like we just need the data set to start filling out in a positive way, like mm. beat Bournemouth and do it. So we think that this football can actually work, not just against teams it, that let us play. It is funny though how the result changes so much because, like his celebration, I thought that was hilarious. But when he's done stuff like that in the past, you fucking hell. But we said the same way. It's like, it's like with Kinnear's program now. It's all fine getting your thesaurus out when we're winning and we can afford to be a bit dick swingy. Mm. But otherwise, it starts to just annoy, doesn't it? it starts to grate on people and like the, and the finger waggy tone of some of the stuff. Like that was the thing about. Like Radrazani's, uh, who's mentioned here as well, because he can't just help, he just can't help himself. Says Kmart, it's the finger wagging tone of it, and that's what we get. We get that in the program notes, and we get it from Radrazani's tweets. Like, stop telling us how to be fans and how we mm. should think. And a bit of smugness creeps yeah. in. Like we win a game, like ha 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 ha. <laughs> we always knew. Well, you've not proven anything yet, have you? No, it was, still it very was, easily it was go brilliant, down. and we all enjoyed it. But one swallow does not a summer make. Yeah, as, as, as Scrooge says, um, enjoy the moment for fuck's sake. This will age like warm milk come Saturday when Bournemouth <laughs> stick four past us because we're Leeds. But that doesn't stop us enjoying this moment, does it? Like it was a great moment on Saturday and uh, if you can't enjoy winning at Anfield for the first time in 20 years or whatever, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Right, so um, who's your villain of the week? Klopp. I like the random nature of not really having a reason mm. for it. We're just going, no, fuck off. I mean, Robertson <laughs> did some actual stuff, didn't he? Yeah. I lean towards Robertson. It's the, it's the only bit of sort of villainy that I can properly spot across uh, the last week. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to heroes in a bit, but I think the fact the referee didn't make any bad decisions meant Klopp didn't really have anything to complain about and I was kind of hoping he would. I wanted yeah. to see him really upset mm. post-match and moaning about something, but... The fact that he didn't does, he, does yeah. point towards him being a bit, a bit beaten, doesn't it? He sort of took it on the chin to a large extent, which it's not what I, it's not what I want from Klopp. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted him to be really unreasonable about stuff yeah. but yeah, really unsporting sort of... and un- yeah, yeah. ungracious yeah but, so, uh, so I think for that well, maybe that's why we know maybe that's why he gets it yeah for being, bo- for being boring in defeat yeah <laughs> be more twatty okay <laughs> yeah. fine whatever they can share it they can argue about it themselves Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week award then um, quick update on the player of the year position because we had some right scores coming didn't we for this game Melier taking man of the match at 9.36 out of 10 the highest score ever from our TSB plus members everybody scored pretty highly Pat Bamford didn't so much because of his uh, his right foot antics we had a few between 6 and 7 but most people scoring 7 and above which was excellent um, Jesse Marsh now averaging a 5.19 he's uh, upped his score for the season because uh, he got 7.75 against Liverpool and that's a bit quite low no? Yeah, I think that it's, it's in fairness part of the the curse of being a manager, I suppose, that when you win, people go, oh, the players did well. Mm. And when you do badly, people go, fucking useless manager. Because the previous games, he got one point something, did Jesse for <laughs> Fulham. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. and, less, a and wild Leicester swing. games. Wild so, swing. So like, yeah, when we uh, when we lose a game, it's not, it is reflected in the players' scores, but not quite as um, as badly. Well, it's Melier, Adams, Aronson, um, one, two, three in the player of the year. It's incredibly tight now, the average scores. It's so funny how it's coalesced around, like Melier is 7.03, Tyler Adams bang on seven and Aronson 6.99. So they're duking it out for the for the player of the year. If you want to follow that, by the way, we've got the full listings in the mag this season, all the scores. Uh, elsewhere, in terms of heroes, we've got Melier, Rasmus, Tyler Adams, Nonton, Somerville. So I picked the bones out of those. Melier probably had the most nominations, despite Somerville's goal. I think um, on, sheer, on sheer numbers, Melier probably takes it. Um, and just because everyone was saying how bloody good he was, which he was. Including Ryan. Mostly, oh, I'm on baby. Oh, wee wee. I've just been singing by a goal as it appeared to be shot. He has been amazing. Was that Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> I don't know if it was in a low, a low tribute because there was pissing by your goal appeared to be shot. It was some, oh, okay. um, it was some, some nice. Do you remember a low, a low, Rob? Yeah, another, another of my favourites there. <laughs> I don't you think Gordon Kay was a good comedian? He was great, yeah. Yorkshire, Yorkshire's own, wasn't he? Yeah. From uh, Huddersfield. Obviously, you know that he played the lead character in that show. Uh, yeah, hello, hello. Yeah. I'm sure Phil Hayes told us before that Gone Case to ring up the YP for stuff. For stuff. 
can't remember what it was. <laughs> I think he was like correcting stories about himself or yeah, something. Yeah, well, we'll ask Phil next time. He's in an athletic long read for so, you. There. So Gordon Kay, he's nominated, yeah. a hero. Yeah, loads of people um, just nominating Melier for just being dead good at his job. Life's good again, says Lucy. Yes. For now. Five million for that deep voice French spider boy is incredible. Spider boy. Likewise, Syed Leeming, Ilan Melier for being a big, tall, sexy French bastard. He's <laughs> right. All fair enough. Uh, someone not so tall, non so. Yes. Yeah, get some, get some nominations yeah. as well. Mark has sent this in. Looks good. Looks Premier League ready. Good with the ball. Good at winning second balls. Good under pressure. And then when he gets it, he does something with it. I like the look of him. I think he's going to be good for us. Get him on more, I say. I like the considered tone of Mark's yeah. voice. They're good. It's good at that. It's good. It's good at that. It's good. Do, do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, very good. Peter Haddock's deep fat fryer says, without that little flick off his head, we wouldn't have got that second goal. He's 18 and on his debut away at Anfield. Just like Alan Smith was. Yeah. We're talking about that after this, aren't we? We're doing the TSB Guide 2. It's going to be out on Wednesday. So that's yesterday, according to this. Yeah, we're recording them the wrong way around. Yeah. So yeah, look out for that. I'm sure it'll be good once we record it. It will. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> the TSB Guide to Alan Smith scoring at Anfield. That's coming on yesterday. Uh, ben, and Ben Wright points out about yeah. Nonto. We've, we've won every Premier League game he's been involved in. So the stats bear it out, yeah. Um, Jimmy Somerville. Loads of nominations for being good and scoring. Yeah, that's that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> that's the names. The, the name is Doctor Pussy has sent this feedback in, which is um, is that the Bond film? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Or, similar to it. Or a gynecologist. Yeah. Um, Somerville for being able to control the ball and score after it bounced off a six foot random bag of bones and skin, <laughs> which did make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Pat. It's an uh, assist. And uh, we, don't, going in his stats. we don't actually need to um, to read out the comment by Jurgen Klopp's overbite. I just wanted to read out the name Jurgen Klopp's overbite. <laughs> uh, Tyler Adams. Yeah, being dead good as well. Yeah. Um, for being the best player in the world, says Sam Not Byram. Yep. Um, Bold claim. It, it, it is very much so, yeah. yeah uh, we did miss his presence last week, as Bay Area Brandon points out against Fulham. I've written for the, uh, on the blog about Tyler Adams and just how he gets it. That typical Leeds United trait. I really like him. He's good. I like how he's first to every bit of trouble. He just happens to be there leading the celebrations. I liked his little basketball jump with Ilan Melier, who didn't seem to know what was going on. But yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, Barry, Barry, Bay Area Brandon uh, referred to him as Americante. Americante. Yeah, he doesn't get the, the same amount of love and attention as uh, like Pulisic and uh, presumably Aronson gets a lot of love because he's a forward player. That's the thing, that's the, the sort of forward attacking players are always mm. more glamorous than the... Uh, the ones doing the dirty work. Rasmus gets a mention by Ben as well. Um, he's really come into his own over the last few games. Very true. He looks solid. Like You would have really worried about him facing Liverpool, let's say a month or two back, but he looked absolutely spot on, didn't he? He did. Um, and he was, celebrations were good at full time as well. He was doing some mm. good some good roaring at the away end. And Jesse with his recovery score, uh, 7.75 up from that 1.19 <laughs> against Leicester and 1.38 against Fulham. Uh, yeah, under huge pressure and didn't crumble, as uh, Rich Bentley says. Finally got the result he deserved. Yeah, and this was mentioned by Moscow actually on the main show because he'd, he'd seen it in the feedback. But uh, Wisconsin Todd says, Marsha's jeans, he wore age-appropriate pants. If he's looking for superstitions to follow, kill the acid-washed pants. <laughs> Pairs with fire, he says. Very good, yeah. And uh, MOT Paul says, fuck it, Jesse, whatever happens from now, he has helped to give us three great moments, uh, surviving Chelsea at home and Liverpool away. This is true, is this? You know, like in his credit column, he has given us some really good moments. Mm. There's been a lot of dirge as well, which I think is why we want the scales just to balance out one way or, or the other now. Uh, at some point, he will be sacked, whether or not it's this season or... Because, well, all managers, that's how every manager every, Everybody goes. dies. Everyone, it's true. <laughs> and when you look back on it, whether it's, you know, Christmas is sacked next year, 10 years... These will be memorable games that yeah. we, can, we can look back on. So, absolutely, good, absolutely, yeah. And non-leads nominations: Joe Gomez, Jurgen Klopp gets a nomination, the FA, and the ref, Michael Oliver, who got a season high of six, uh, sorry, seven point six three out of ten by our uh, nominators. Yeah, and I noticed from listening to the Liverpool fans as well, none of them complained about him, which is rare because normally if a team loses, you know, may have the odd little thing that you'd be like, yeah, well, we should have had a free kick there, and that corner was wrong, and we should have had a penalty and and whatnot. But actually, I think the only complaint on any of it was Mark Rocket but not being booked which was fair enough because he did like <laughs> jump on Salah's back as he was as he was counter-attacking so he got that a bit wrong but yeah I, th- I thought it was good I think the it's maybe a different way to referee because sometimes referees do get into the habit of booking everyone early on but then it does that encourage people to just fall over and make a meal of it whereas if you make it clear you're not booking anyone 
Like we can roll around here you want. That's mm. no I one's getting booked. It's just I think it's also down to the, the the style of the teams. Like we're not prone to shit housing and wasting time, are we? And neither are Liverpool particularly. Mm. So I think that helps the nature of the two teams, and also just having a grip on the game. He just he had a good grip on it, and it but it wasn't a game that got like wayward and out of control, like the Villa game, for example. Mm. So I think it's just just the style of refereeing. I would have been interested to see how he'd have refereed the Villa game. But um, we'll never know, will we? We'll never know. Speaking of like the FA... I did, I did look back, actually. Oh, um, can I, can I just mention this. The FA for not banning Klopp so we could see his tears. That was Dom. That's why um, we're mm. happy to have Klopp in this half and the FA. I, I was I did go back to try and find a reason to hate Michael Oliver because he's a referee and it's important that we, we maintain standards and he should have sent off Ashley Barnes for booting Stuart Dallas. Ah, uh, yes. Time. So we've got a grudge mm. against him. So he's a wrong and he's a league-hating bastard after all. <laughs> <laughs> he's given Liverpool some penalties against us too, but... Oh, it gave four in, of, four in two games, wasn't it? He's was still it? part of the conspiracy then. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he, he was probably pivotal in the 6-0 defeat that we had, <laughs> that we had against them last <laughs> season. So, um, Yeah, mentioning Klopp there, Andrew picks out Klopp for uh, exercising a bold move in that every sub made Liverpool worse and also hated Saturday night football. Yeah, bang on. And Joe Gomez finally for a great assist. Um, Lionel Richie, they're doing the nominations all night long and so on and so forth. Hero of the week. I'm torn between Melier and Somerville. It feels like Somerville's the obvious one, but Melier's ratings were so high. Mm, I'd go Somerville. It was his birthday. We've given it Melier before. Yeah. Nice Somerville. A birthday gift for him. Yeah, he's not going to have many other weekends like that, is he? And he got 8.43 out of 10. You, are you writing oh. him off at the age of 21? <laughs> Don't get any better than this. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> so, yes, it's got to be Somerville, hasn't it? I feel like he deserves it this week. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Yeah, he scored. He was good. Without him, we're happy with a good point and we're really praising Melier, but you don't get the celebration. I, mean, I, I, I think I said on the match ball, I can't remember, I think I did, but this was like, it felt like this was his sort of breakout performance a little bit. He's kind mm. of been there and not really cut through just yet. It was a really, was, really good finish. Yeah. Mm. The the way he managed to control it and get it out of his feet and shoot all within the... Three rapid touches. Yeah, all it? within such a, a fraction of a second. Yeah. Genuinely really good. So, so well done. Well done, Crescencio Somerville. Hero of the week. There we go. That wraps up the weekly show. We'll be back with the guide yesterday. <laughs> We've got the Phil Hay show on Friday, which is tomorrow, and obviously the match ball post Bournemouth. Phil Hay's going to all be about uh, Gordon Kay. If anyone's, yeah, if anyone's interested in more, double up as the TSB guy to Gordon Kay for younger <laughs> more, fans like me. The, uh, the fallen Madonna with the big boobies, Rob. Yeah, my well, favourite. <laughs> Vicky Michelle, any opinions? No. Why are you just naming old things? <laughs> why are you naming old things? We'll t- take care. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast.